It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. <laughs> hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. All right, uh, welcome in. PJ Show for you here as uh, we are underway on uh, 94.3 The Game, 94.3thegame.com, the IBX media app, and all the various and a sundry uh, social media sites that stream our video. Welcome into the uh, program today. I am uh, merely the great P-Man, Philip the Ref Pilkington, producing today's show. Who else we got, Philip, uh, around? Uh, it's just me and Dom right now. Oh, Dom's here. Okay. Uh, the great Dom Kosolke. I think we're going to lose. Yeah, that same Dom Kosolke. I hesitate to ask what Dom thinks about the weekend. Um, so before we get into all of the sports and we start sportsing, Jim Zoki, by the way, in our second half hour today, uh, Pilk, I am uh, not a two-time, two-time Marconi winner. Here we go. The nominees for Media Market Radio Station of the Year are WHOAM, Des Moines, Ames, Iowa, WNRPAM, Mobile, Alabama, Pensacola, Florida, WTIBFM, Greenville, Newburgh, Washington, North Carolina, WXKBFM, Fort Myers, Naples, Florida, WYOYFM, Jackson, Mississippi. And the winner is So there we go. We lost to some and uh, uh, some outlaw mud show down in Florida for the media market station of the year. Yeah, it stinks, but hey, it was still awesome to get nominated, though. No, I mean, you know what? You know what? Second place is, don't you, Pilk? The first loser. There you go. And then, I, okay, so we didn't win here. Maybe I had a shot with the small market. Yeah, your small market I in the got- bluegrass state. Right, my guys out in Somerset, and they lost to some outlaw mud show in uh, Arkansas. So I've gone from Patrick Johnson potential in one night potential two time two time Marconi award winning broadcaster. I'm claiming it to now two time Marconi loser. Could I be the first person to ever lost two Marconis in one night? I think I might be. You, you very well could be because that is one of those where it's such a broad, you know, right? Geogra- there are different categories yeah, and other award yeah. shows. Yeah. So you could always win one in one of the you know ever how many categories. Yeah, but there's but not a this, lot of overlap with this one. We're, we're one place is up for two. So I think I am a rare. I'm a I'm a unicorn in a camouflage vest. I'm a unicorn where I lost the Marconi twice in one night. Doesn't happen. I'll bet you it's never happened. It probably has. It has. It, it might have been like Seacrest years ago, but other than that. Yeah. But you got to remember, Patrick, you got a lot of more years in broadcasting. You can still go back and win some one day. I believe in you. You're a young man, Unless Patrick. I hit the lottery and then I'm done. Well, yeah, there's if that. I hit the, if I hit the lottery, you wouldn't, you'd be like, whatever happened to he would I'd change my number. 
I'd be change gone. your number. You wouldn't change your number. You'd fly on your private jet and open the window and just toss your phone out the window into the sea Correct. as you're flying Correct. to your private island. There, there would be no Correct. phone. I'd be on a hot air balloon on my way out of the party. It's my plan. I'm going to throw a party for everybody, Pilk, and then have a helicopter lift me in a bucket as I descend away and say, adios, people. And to never be heard from again. But to live the good never life. Never to be heard from again. Yeah. To It'll live be a fun the good party. life. Never be heard from again. Hey, as long as, long as the party will be open bar, right? Since you got millions and millions. Oh yeah, you gotta yeah. you gotta do that. You gotta you gotta provide everybody with uh, free booze. You gotta plow them with free booze, and then uh, we'll have major recording acts there. Not minor recording acts, although. Yeah, there'd be a couple sort of localish or regional acts I'd get to open the thing, the party, but there would be. Major recording acts. And I'd make them play songs they didn't want to play because I'd pay them extra money to do it. I'd burn through this stuff so fast it wouldn't even be funny, would it? You'd burn through it in the party and you'd go to fly to your private island and realize you can't afford <laughs> it anymore. I would, I would say it's been uh, it's been foreclosed. Um, so there we go. That is that. Uh, we'll get Zoki later on today. The big uh, news, and I see you guys had cut up some of this, uh, was the Mike Oresco yesterday, and it's not a ton of stuff. Boy, you guys really put in the work on the Oresco if you got a 16-second clip out of Oresco. My gosh. Well, he rambled for four and a half minutes, so you had well, to get the, That's what I bulk, mean. You yeah, had to, yeah. to find that uh, little amount of time in a Mike Oresco cut, I would have said filibustered there, Pilkingtons, with the hopes he'd come back on the show. You said rambled, so my well, apologies, sorry. Mr. Commissioner. <laughs> He doesn't come all back right. on. It's all me. Have my it's head on the pitchforks. Right. It's you. Um, before we get into this, though, you know what's made a lot of headlines the last uh, 20, 24 hours? Um, I'm thinking about this, the ACC thing, and the, I can't think of what else. No. No. Our our interview with Steve Logan yesterday. Ah, yeah. I think uh, people made... might be diving a little too deeply into that, but hey, they're entitled I think to so do too. what they want to do. But you know what? It's how you win the Marconi. You create buzz. And that's what we uh, I've, we kind of did with the interview. It's a great interview, if I do say so, my damn self. Like, I thought it was uh, it was really interesting to get his perspective on a lot of things. But, you know, obviously what we asked him about at the end, if he would coach in college again, is just blown up. And uh, we replayed the interview this morning on Talk of the Town, one, because I'm lazy, two, uh, because it was a great interview. Now, we didn't get to that part because uh, we ran out of time. And I could say it was Yusimi's incompetence, but I, I, no, we just ran out of time. And so. <laughs> was not. It just mistimed the show. You got to hit breaks. Well, how you, long did Henry's money? interview go? Because we know, like, yesterday, Henry went for like. 45 minutes, it seemed like, right. you know, it was only 20, but, uh, did, it did was Henry probably a little more like 10 or 12. Cause he checked in again today from the big apple. Yeah. It was a little more subdued. Okay. He met Rich Eisen. They had a night and you know what Rich Eisen asked him? He said, uh, how is that Patrick Johnson guy? So good looking. That's no, what he asked him. He did. Well, he should have, but he said, uh, what's wrong with East Carolina. So Eisen paying attention to what's going on in Greenville. Appreciate it, Rich. You ever watch any of his, uh, he's got his own show, which is a video and audio thing. I, I think it airs on satellite or it's a podcast as well. 
Have you ever watched any of that, though, the video clips from it, Pilk? Not a lot. I mean, I've seen it on Twitter. It's so hard for me to watch a day sports shows because we're so busy here. I do really right, like right. him on the NFL pregame on NFL Network. Oh, no, he's great. He's but he that, that show, if you ever watch some of the clips, because it's not just sports people. He interviews celebrities, and it's you know centered around sports. It's really good. He's, it's fantastic. Fantastic stuff. Okay. Um. Back to Army joining the American. Also, uh, it was reported that VCU is the team. That's that's out there in the ether now. I didn't think it was when I got my information yesterday. I probably should have checked that because uh, people then started posting under our comments. But uh, v- look, I like the, I like that potential of VCU to the American. You know, it was funny, Patrick, when you were explaining it last night, I was picturing UNCW and then I got home and I had the light bulb moment and I was like, no, it's got to be VCU. Something no. just came to me when you're talking about the yeah. recent success in basketball. They've been to a Final Four 12 years ago. I think that'd be awesome. You know, the A-10 is not what it used to be. You know, when, when Doug McDermott was at Creighton that year, the A-10 was like a six-bit league with them, St. Louis, right. VCU, a couple other teams, not going to go into it. But um, I think this would be big for them to play better competition. They're a team that can get an at-large bid, but they need to be ready for the tournament. And right now the A-10 just has not been to the level of past A-10 and uh, I think the American could be really good for them. So, and I would love to have them. I think it'd be really cool. It'd be a fun away game to go to as well. Yeah, well, that there's that rivalry aspect for East Carolina. It's not terribly far from uh, Philadelphia. You, you know, Charlotte. So, I mean, it's it's a good partner as far as that goes. They are what Memphis aspires to be in basketball. I think they've been to eight of the last twelve tournaments, and so. You know, Memphis has got the money. Memphis has got the commitment. Memphis has got the NBA arena. But I mean, at Virginia Tech or Virginia Commonwealth, they have nicer practice facilities than some. I mean, it's right up there with the Blue Bloods. They've invested in it. Got Ryan Odom now. I think he's going to be kind of the answer. And here's the other thing VCU has done this with coaching turnover. It's not like one or two guys have been there. Yeah, it's not like Gonzaga. There's been, right. Exactly. And I think they've got a guy now that'll stick around there. So I think that's a great, I'd love to see them added to the league. Uh, the reporting, uh, I guess says basketball only, but I mean, I would assume that's all sports cause it wouldn't, why would you add <clears throat> them and not add their volleyball, soccer, baseball, et cetera. Right. Yeah, I would think so. And they're not a bad baseball team either. And we can't go here. No, and they've got a good base. I mean, they're a tournament yeah. quality team. Uh, in baseball. So, I mean, you'd add another tournament level team in, in baseball, consistent team that's always knocking on the door to get in or gets in. Basketball, you'd become a two bid league at, le- at minimum. Should be a three or four bid league, but you'd be a, a two bid league off the jump, one would think. You know, you just don't want to get to the case where it's been like with Houston and everybody else. Although that's good to have Houston as a shoe in, but I mean that would you know Memphis needs to up its game. I don't think there's any two ways about that. And uh, you know I also think that um, Wichita State's going to eventually figure it out. This makes a lot of sense. So I would love to see VCU in. It'd be a great. It'd be another bus trip for the Pirates, which is great. Saving that Can't money. Can't get enough of those in conference. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's reality. And you mean Richmond's easy to get in and out of? 
So there you go. Um, let's hit a couple of Resco cuts here. Um, I think one of the, well, let's just, since it's short, cut one here. Let's see what he says about uh, that. This is Mike Oresco at, uh, at West Point yesterday making the announcement that uh, Army has joined the AAC. This is a great day for Army and the American Athletic Conference. I'm here at, at historic Mikey Stadium. Uh, we're bringing in to the American uh, a storied program. And the overwhelmingly positive response I received today, it really was remarkable, shows the great esteem in which, you know, the Army program is held and what a great addition they'll be for, for our conference. Uh, Army has been competing as a an independent in football, so that's why they're able to make this move next year. Uh, as far as Army getting out of the games they had scheduled for next year, hit it. We are going to help Army in that regard. And Army uh, has been thinking about this for a long time, and they've been doing the groundwork to uh, to, to de- deal with these these games. And, and some of them can be rescheduled down the road. I'll leave Mike Buddy to talk about how they're going to redo the, the schedule. Um, and then when asked about possible future expansion, this is what Oresco had to say. Uh, for us at this point, it, it's definitely uh, the close of, of any expansion discussions. Uh, you know, you never say never to anything. Uh, but at this point, we have no interest in expanding beyond beyond 14. Uh, we're happy at, at 14. Uh, when, you, when you look around, I mean, there, there have been schools that have expressed interest in us. But at this point, we're very happy with the membership we have. And, and you know, we, we're a reinvented conference now, and we have to make sure we build it and get everybody, you know, fully integrated into what we're doing. So, no, we have no plans to uh, to explore any more expansion at this point. I think um, cut five from Oresco would be more interesting than four, although I think four has some interest. But um, let's play five. We may not get the whole thing in here because we do need to get a break. But um, well, I tell you, we got time. What the hell? Let's do, let's do cut four. Go ahead, Pilk. Well, let me introduce it first. Which obstacles, I could tell Pilk spelled this, which obstacles had to be overcome to get Army into the AAC? Originally, we're working through the fact that Army has a deal, you know, with CBS Sports Network, you know, currently, and we had to figure out how, how that's going to work. Uh, there were some other things, you know, we have a lot of new members that we brought in, so we had to work out various, you know, financial matters and things of that nature. Um, but it, it was all very, a very smooth process, uh, very reasonable on everyone's uh on everyone's side and also you know at this point we we uh we talked a little bit about you know army navy and, and how that would work uh, potentially if they they got to the championship game uh, we talked about scheduling on there we will protect the air force army date uh, there were some other things that that also we had to work through but nothing that uh that we ultimately couldn't overcome and i think the proof of that is that we we ultimately reached you know uh the outcome where army will enter the conference next year Pilk, have you ever had to use Grammarly or if you write, wrote a serious document? Yeah, I've had to use a lot of things to help me. My uh-huh. spelling is so bad, I will type stuff out on my phone and the autocorrect will not be right, will not even come close to get it right. They won't even know what you're that. talking about. Yeah, no, it's yeah. bad. Math, I can do. Give me math problems, I can do in my head. I was not the I English mean, student. I, I, I had to reread this four or five times to understand what you were saying with this word. Just one word threw it off. <laughs> Don't you love me, Patrick? I oh speaking of uh, producers, Ben sent me uh, the great Ben Byram sent me something today. Well, I'll save that for the pirate report. 
I'm all over the place. All right, let's uh, final cut here. Uh, and uh, Mike Oresco has asked, should fans expect the league to stay with eight league games, or will that maybe go up to nine? Hit it. We feel we need to play four non-conference games. Uh, because that gives us a chance to play, you know, the so-called P5 games. You know how I feel about the P5, G5 nomenclature, but uh, let's we'll use it here for, you know, illustrative purposes. You have to, you know, in our conference, we have to maintain a certain strength of schedule to, to be, uh, you know, consistently considered for a New Year spot. And in the future, it's now going to be a playoff spot. So it's really important for us to uh, to play four non-conference games. And we, we can generally play a couple of P5. We can then play uh, potentially a, a, a tough G5 game and then maybe a game that isn't isn't quite the same. Uh, so it rounds out our schedules pretty well. I think for our conference, eight games makes, makes a lot of sense, eight conference games. I mean, could we think about something different in the future? I think uh, in terms of TV, I, I think ESPN has been happy with how we schedule and the fact that we do play some high-profile non-conference games is, is attractive to television as well. So I think there's good reason for us to to stick with what we have right now. All right, makes sense. I, that That's going to have to be looked into, I think, every year, every offseason. Be- because... I think it is going to become uh, increasingly difficult, maybe not in the immediate future, but certainly in the future down the road to get non-conference games, again, especially against attractive, as he said, the so-called P5 opponents. Because they're going to all add conference games in these mega conferences because of the TV inventory and the matchups. You know who's about to... Jump in sports production and get media uh, the media rights in a big way, Pilk. The CW seems to be. Well, CW is one of them, yeah, and that's that's fine. You know, they add the live, they have the ACC, they added uh, NWA Pro Wrestling. They got the uh, Xfinity series starting in twenty twenty five. Xfinity for series, yeah. Which I I, I don't mind. I actually like that idea of that series being uh, on its own network, with maybe even heading there one day. NASCAR is one of those certain times of the year, if you do want to watch it, it can be hard to find. For sure. Um, but Amazon. Amazon's yeah. got this thing to such a fine science. I, we, when Henry does get back next week, we ought to have him in one day because he was up there at this NAB thing. And he went to a lot of sports-related stuff. I'd love to have him talk about the Amazon thing because – They've got it to where it can be. They've brought the cost of producing a game way, way down. And, you know, a lot of it's done remotely. Even the directing's done remotely. So, I mean, there's a lot of it that can can be done from other places. Good tune, Pilk. Can you bust a move for us, Patrick? Not today. Pulled a hammy. Uh, it's worth a shot. Um, yeah, I was a hundred percent healthy. Maybe, um, we'll be back and, uh, building a better mousetrap. We'll explain when we return. Hey. 
And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Uh, all right, I, I, we may get to the uh, story I tease. We may do that with Zoki next segment. Gonna do hold my beer today, Pilk? Yeah, we might if we got time. If we got time at the end, we might. Um, but you said that during the pirate report, you had some Ben Byram news. So I kind of want to hear oh, yes. that. Honestly, well, that's part of the st- that's part of the story. But let's uh, let's get a couple of quick cuts in for the pirate report. Uh, Mike Houston on the kind of practice it has been this week. We had a great practice on uh, Tuesday. Uh, very enthusiastic. I thought we had a real competitive practice day. Good, good ending right out there today. Um, you know, we threw a lot at them today, so you had your third down stuff. So that's a lot. So we got some stuff to clean up tomorrow. Uh, but I'm pleased with uh, you know the way they responded on Tuesday. So just like you would expect. The big thing he says is taking the execution from practice and converting it onto game day. Cut nine. I'm telling you, last Thursday's practice was as clean of a Thursday easily that we've had all year. One of the better ones we've had since I've been here. I mean, it was the execution was phenomenal. I mean, it was it was it was so so crisp that I made a comment to one of the coaches towards the end. I mean, I hope this hope we can finish this way because you feel really good about it going into the weekend. Um, so you know, the thing I've talked to the kids about and talked to them about today is and talked to them about right just right then is we have to take this to game day. Um, and, you know, so that's, that's why I say the consistency of execution. It got lost somewhere, undoubtedly, um, between last Thursday and last Saturday. Uh, let's uh, hear from Donnie Kirkpatrick now. Uh, he, he agreed. He said the team practiced really well on Wednesday. We do practice pretty well. I mean, especially for a team that's not doing as well. It's a little bit amazing, you know what I'm saying? So the kids haven't they haven't tossed it in. They're they're working hard. Coach staff's working hard. Uh, we gotta take it to the practice field, from the practice field to the game field. And I don't know. It seems to be a bigger step than I've ever seen before. Thirteen here when uh, Donnie K was asked about going uh, up tempo this week. So the dilemma, Joe, because you are sharp, man, uh, is that I think that would be a great strategy to to not let them sub, especially if you could get them in their third down package and then tempo into first down and let them stay in there with their nickel and their dime guys and not get their big linebackers back in there. The key to that whole thing will be we got to move the ball because you can't go out there and play fast and go three and out or you're going to really kill your defense. Yeah. Good question. That was Joey Football. Milk, ask the question. Yeah, it was. By the way, uh, kudos to getting better audio quality. Whoever was doing that. Kudos to Dan uh, Miller. He got us a new little fancy system that plugs right into the multi box. Good, good. It sounds like a million dollars. Doctor No got that for you. He did. Wow. Um. Well, he's already talked about consistency. Let's go to Blake Harrell, who uh, says there is no divided locker room here, offense for versus defense, despite the narrative, hashtag narrative that people want to push. Yeah, you know, it's all, it's all we fence. You know, it's not offense, defense, special teams. We all in this thing together. And we all got to make sure we're all pointing in the same direction and, and keeping, the, keeping the fight together. And, um, you know, I think one, one of the things my mom – 
call Marilyn a week, and, and my mom knows very little bit of football, but she knows a lot about wisdom. And she said, keep your head up and keep your head down. And what she meant by that, but hey, you're doing some good things. You know, be proud of that, but keep your head down and keep working. And I think that's, you know, told, shared that with our players. That's good advice for, for our, our players and our program. And that's what we got to keep doing, just keep marching forward at this point. All right, uh, and then uh, let's go to 19 here, and uh, obviously, well, let's do 17 and 19 here. First 17, you're facing a veteran, veteran quarterback in Frank Harris. He's been there since uh, Trump was in office. Hit it. Frank Harris is a really good quarterback and had a great career there at UTSA. Um, he's more of a point guard to me, um, just kind of can deal the ball out, knows how to run that offense, RPO game. He's, he's really special, you know, and, and then they got some running backs that can certainly hurt you in the run game. So I, I think he's done a good job with that offense. And I think two years ago through for 4,000, I think this year he's probably right at 1,000 or somewhere in there. Um, but just does, does a really nice job of, of running the offense. He was hurt. The, he missed the Army game, missed the Tennessee game, which has been two of their losses. Uh, but he's been back the last, you know, three games, and I think they're averaging right at 40 points a game. So uh, certainly got our hands full. He's a good player and certainly uh, certainly worthy of all the credit he gets. And then uh, facing this kind of uh, offense, an up-tempo offense, uh, the challenge that will present this week, Blake Harrell, Pirate Defensive Coordinator. UTSA is a tempo football team, um, you know, especially after a made first down. I think they called somebody the other day in second 11, and that's not a situation you usually see tempo. Usually when you get them behind the sticks or you get a stop, they're not going tempo, and they, and they did because somebody looking to the, to the sideline didn't have the signal in. Um, so we got to be prepared at all times. I think the best way to prepare for tempo is expected every snap. Um, and then when they substitute, I think that's the chance for the officials to hold the hold – the, uh, Hold the ball, let the defense have an opportunity. So we got to take advantage of that opportunity. And, uh, you know, in the SMU game, I think we forced nine, three and outs in that game, and they never could get in that rhythm, and it kept them out of the, the tempo rhythm, so to speak. So uh, those are great ways to keep a team out of, out of tempo and, and uh, you know, on their heels a little bit. Whether you're playing a tempo team or not tempo team, those are kind of the goals of the week. All right. Uh, that's the ECU uh, perspective. Uh, some tangential pirate report news. Everyone, a little breaking news for you. Bahamas Bowl will be played at Charlotte's on-campus stadium December 18th. Myrtle Beach Bowl moving from the 18th to the 16th. So there you go. Uh, stadium renovations in the Bahamas creating some issues, and uh, it's going to be played in the uh, the home that Biff is building. I guess Jerry Richardson is the home that Jerry built, but Biff is, you know. That's it? Yeah. yeah there's some 10 million reasons it. why it's the house that Jerry built. Right. Our guy Jason Sane throwing 25 in there in the budget. I mean, we'll forgive him for that, I suppose, if he looks out for us in the future, which I hope he will. His son wants to come to school here. Anyway, uh, Ben Byram, or his son was impressed. I shouldn't say his son wants to come to school here. He was impressed with, uh, with things the other day. Um. B, ben B Baby Byram uh, put in the other day that, uh, or sent me this from the other day. Uh, Jeff Trailer, who's the coach at Texas San Antonio, had one of his fingers smashed by a rat trap. The coaching staff at UTSA passed out 112 rat traps to encourage their players not to get caught up with the outside noise. And uh, one of the players then put a loaded rat trap on the podium 
This trailer spoke to the team. He put his hand down on the podium and it smashed his pinky fingers. It looked like he got smashed by a hammer. A lesser man would have been killed. Trailer, I guess, joked. But I'm okay. The rat traps were placed in the players' lockers to symbolize don't eat the cheese. I've never understood that. Is it just because Saban said don't eat the cheese, don't eat the rat trap? I mean, what what the hell is that about? Like, if you ever put a mouse trap out, you don't poison the cheese. That would defeat the purpose. You put cheese to entice him, and then the trap shuts down on him. Well, I think that's the point is, you know, you don't eat the cheese, so the trap will not shut down on you, I think. Is- I understand, but they call it poison. Rat yeah. poison is what they call it. It's yeah. not if the cheese is poison, they would just die. That's true. You don't need the trap. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I thought you meant from the football standpoint. Yeah. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Oh, I mean, it's it's yeah. it literally makes no sense. It's that I like. I think what you said. We'd have to ask Joe, but it's probably just one of those saving saving. I mean, it's isms. a it's a it's a coachism. It's yeah. coach speak. Yeah, and it's enters it and it's entered its way into the vernacular now, and I don't like it. Preach, Patrick. Let's get the well, sweat. Just, let's get the sweat bullets running off them. Let's 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 hear it. No, nah, I'm just punchy today. I've been up too early <laughs> for the last two days. See, it's a long days. I mean, look, Pilk. What you did yesterday, I do every day. I know. Think about that for a minute. Think about that for one minute. The next time you say, boy, that Patrick, what a demanding pain in the neck he is. <laughs> Think about that. You do get up early. You do do a lot. I couldn't do it. I don't, I don't. I like to stay up too late. I like sports too much, you know. When there's an 8 o'clock game, I want to stay up for the whole thing. I love some sleep now. All right, uh, Philip, the ref Pilkington, are you doing the sports update? I am. Pirate report? All right, here he is. And then uh, Jim Soakey on the other side. Thanks, Patrick. We will start with Pirates Athletics. ECU will be traveling to UTSA this weekend to take on the Roadrunners. Coach Houston talked about how the team performed at practice through their two heavy lifting days, Tuesday and Wednesday. We had a great practice on uh, Tuesday. Uh, very enthusiastic. I thought we had a real competitive practice day. Good good ending right out there today. Um, you know, We threw a lot at them today, so you had your third down stuff, so that's a lot. So we got some stuff to clean up tomorrow. Uh, but I'm pleased with uh, you know the way they responded on Tuesday. So, that, just like you would expect. That game against the Roadrunners can be heard right here on 94.3 The Game at 3.30 on Saturday with network coverage starting at 2.30 and our Bush Light Pirate Game Day countdown starting at 12.30. It is senior night tonight for ECU Soccer as they host Charlotte come out to Johnson Stadium for the 7 o'clock start time. As it has been all season, admission is free. Also tonight, the Buffalo Bills will be hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bills are 9.5 point favorites in that one as they try and bounce back out of that tough loss to New England last week. Week. Last night, the Hornets opened up the season with a 116-110 win over Atlanta. P.J. Washington led all scores with 25 points. The team will be back in action tomorrow as they host the Pistons from Detroit. The Canes will host Seattle tonight. It'll be their first home game since October 11th, which was opening night for the team, as they try to snap a three-game losing streak. That'll do it for your Pirate Report and Sports Update. On the other side of this timeout, we will be joined by the voice of the Pirates, Jim Zoki. You ready for this? Oh, I'm very ready. Okay, ready? You ready? Streaming to the world at 943thegame.com. This is the Patrick Johnson Show. Now in all his glory, here's the P-Man. Coming up this weekend, uh, we've got uh, you covered for athletics for football. Uh, Friday night, uh, we'll have our high school coverage on uh, 943 The Game. Uh, Rose High playing Talk 1037. 
WTIB will have Edenton and uh, Havelock will be on 94.1, oldies 94.1 down uh, towards the coast. So uh, all of that covered on Friday. Uh, of course, we have our uh, Bush Light Pirate Game Day countdown coming your way on Bobby Bebop 1230 Saturday. And uh, then uh, 2.30, 107.9 WNCT joins in, as does the, as do the other stations around the state on the network. And uh, 3.30 kick from San Antone, as uh, Jim Zoki will be there. And we'll have more of Zoke on uh, Talk 103.7 when the uh, Texans play the Panthers on Sunday. Where do you want to start, Zoke? Um, how, how's your day going? You having a good day? I'm, what did you I'm for lunch? What, was, what been, was lunch today? Apple slices and uh, peanut butter. Uh, Zoke, Henry has been in New York for the last two days, so I've had to do the show solo. Well, not solo. I mean, Pilk was there yesterday. And uh, Trent McGee, who I'm sure you've come across here at IBX at some yeah. point. Uh, Trent did the, uh, did the show with me today. And we had great guests. Yeah. But uh, I, you have to get up a little extra early if you're hosting, as you know, Jim, because you want to make sure all bases are covered. If oh, no, you're just a wise... 415. 415 yeah. every day. Now, if you are a wisecracker like you and I are, where you just <laughs> contribute with wisecracks normally, you could sleep to your normal time. But right. <laughs> like this would have been like you getting up at 3 o'clock I got up about an hour and 15 minutes before. No, you're the, you're just the quarterback. To make sure. you're touch, yeah, you're touching the yeah. football on every play now. Yeah, you're the quarterback now. You're not. You're just not catching those three, four passes now. You got to run the offense. Right. Yes. Yes. You got to throw that. You got to throw that pill. Um, throw that rock. Spin, well, let's start spin with ball. spin. Spin the ball. Uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about <laughs> uh, the Panthers then and the quarterbacks in this one. We, we had Steve Logan on yesterday, and it was fantastic. Um. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, because it's just going to be those two guys out there. But um, <laughs> one, one I think, is getting uh, a little more credit than he deserves, and we've talked about Bryce. He's, he's getting a lot of uh, a lot of hate, uh, as it were. Would the guy? Let me let's play a little fun scenario here, Jim. Let's say they had been flipped. Let's say Stroud had been taken by the Panthers. Young ended up with the Texans. Would it be uh, similar to success? Based on what the teams are doing, you think? I mean, again, it's a hypothetical, but uh, I don't. I don't know if it would have made much difference either way. What do you? What say you on that, Jim? No, I think um, you know, first of all, I love Steve Logan. He, he just, he's great, and nobody can talk quarterback better than he does. So I feel embarrassed to even talk about quarterbacks after him. But C.J. Stroud is off to a great start, so there's no denying it. Uh, nine touchdowns, finally through an interception, but it took him like six games to throw a pick. 192 passes to start his pro career before he threw a pick. But you're right, it's not, they don't live in a vacuum. They have different lines, they have different uh, receivers, they have different running backs, different coaches and all that stuff. Uh, what I will add even further into the side, the ledger side of C.J. Stroud is their offensive line is, is talented and it's, uh, it's expensive and it's hurt. I mean, he's really had only one of the five guys that were supposed to be on their offensive line playing this year, so it's, it's even more remarkable what he's done is that he's not had his offensive line in place. So watch out when that happens. Uh, but they've got Young, talented receivers. Nico Collins, you'll see, is outstanding. He averages like 19 yards a catch. And then they had a great draft. We, we, I mentioned we have the top three picks on the field because Will Anderson 
uh, out of Bama is going to be out there as a third overall pick on their defensive side. But in the third round, they took Tank Dell, and he's been terrific. He's 17 yards a catch, and he missed their last game against New Orleans uh, because of um, concussion protocol. But he's really good, and he had 145 yards against Jacksonville a couple weeks ago. They've not been running the ball well. Uh, we did have Andre Ware on Panther Talk Monday, uh, who does the Texans' uh, color, and he said that's a product of their offensive line just not being up to snuff right now because of all the injuries. So uh, they do have talented backs like Damian Pierce, but they're just not as good right now as they're going to be. And then for the Panthers, um, nobody should be upset with Bryce Young. I mean, he's actually completing more passes than Stroud. He's 63%. Stroud is 59 a very respectable six touchdowns, four interceptions, had three touchdowns at Miami last time. And, uh, again, obviously you can see he's not working with uh, the best weapons overall uh, of what anyone in the league might be working with right now. He did not have the Miami Dolphins assortment of speed and, and gadgets and so forth. So looking for what Thomas Brown's going to do now as a play caller, what he's going to bring to the table as the offensive coordinator, but now as the guy that's pushing buttons and, and see where things might be a little bit different moving forward. Uh, Jim Zoki with us talking Panthers, and we'll talk some Pirates with him here on the PJ Show. Uh, Austin Corbett activated, and uh, as that happens, others are sent to the injured reserve. Yeah, and Austin Corbett is no lock to play on Sunday. They had to activate him off injured reserve. They wouldn't go back to injured reserve, uh, but right. we'll see with the Sunday inactives or not, if he's up there or not. And I think that that'll probably go down to the wire. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play, as a matter of fact, or at least another week, but we'll see. On that one, but yeah, Yitor Grossmatos on the defensive side was, you know, finally playing uh, some of his best football, and he'll be out with a significant hamstring injury. Looks like certainly for a while. When you go on IR, you got to go for four weeks. Uh, you know, Jeremy Chin is injured, and it's been a weird year. Like they were talking about uh, rumor mill that uh, he would be traded, wasn't a good fit for the defense, and now it doesn't matter. So he's not playing right now, so he was very good right. as, a, as a rookie. So I think in the right spot, he can be uh, a good football player. So those are the most significant things. Uh, we got some. You know, guys back, though, Chandler Zavala, the former NC State offensive lineman's back. Miles Sanders was back, fully practicing. I think we're close on Xavier Woods. This might be the week that he comes back to help out the secondary. Probably not time yet for Von Bell and J.C. Horn. Probably looking at another couple, you know, one, two, three weeks on those guys. Uh, Panthers worked out Blake Martinez on Wednesday. Um, What's I don't know for sure, did they? I didn't know. <laughs> They may That's, or may not have, the, I don't know. <laughs> those are the reports. Those are the reports out there from uh, Pro Football Talk. Every uh, Yeah, and, and every week they, I didn't even see that one. They, it's usually Tuesdays the day they bring in players, so that's, you know, right. that's a standard thing around every NFL camp is that uh, is Eugene Robinson, our great friend, always says you fight for your job every Tuesday if you're not like a known starter and core player, that uh, they bring people in every Tuesday to try to take your job. So that, that's a standard thing where even if you're not bringing a player onto the active roster, you're always out there you know, looking for down the right. road and into the future for players like that, too. All right, I've got something for you, Jim, if he, if he were to get signed. He's got his own business where he sells Pokemon cards. Wait, tell me more about this. This is int intriguing to me now. Blake's that's a, Breaks that's a business. was banned by Whatnot on so on online social marketplace that allows users to sell products to each other from selling cards on its site in August. Martinez last played in the NFL in 2022 as a member of the Raiders. Four games. I was going to say, I thought he re, he re, that's right, he retired. And that was to do that retired. career, right? Because he was making good money at it. Yeah. To get into the Pokemon business. Martinez drafted Packers, in the fourth that. round by the Packers, yep. yeah. And yep, uh, uh, let me see, anything else on this here? Signed a three-year, $30 million deal with the Giants in 20? 
They released him after two years. So there you go. That's Just, hey, fantastic. Zoke, file that one away in case he's signed or in case the Panthers face him. And then you'll throw that nugget in. I can't and, wait. Yeah, and then they will say, well, where'd you get that, Zoke? And you'd say, Patrick frickin' Johnson. The Patrick Johnson show, I'll have you know. Right. Uh, all right, very uh, – Let's move on to the the Pirates here, Zoke. Um, you know, I think obviously last weekend was uber frustrating for for everyone, everyone, uh, just because it it was a truly truly winnable game in a series of some games that could have been won. Um, you know, and and the defense though, I just I, the defense can't play any better. Julius Woods, fantastic. I mean, there's just uh, you can't say enough about what Blake Harrell's done with the defense right now. It's pretty amazing. No, it is. And, uh, and as he says, it's defense. And I love that because you win and lose as a team. And there's past years where the offense is putting up points and the defense, whoever's you know out there and playing and coaching, uh, you know, they're giving up points. And, you know, that's kind of the wild west of what college football was a couple of years ago. It's kind of settled in now a little bit differently. And the clock has something to do with that. And just the way teams are playing, but yeah, and there, but there's no, like you know, defense thumping their chest and the offense with their head down. They, they, they all they all want to win, and uh, it is a good group of kids. And I do get the chance to talk with both coordinators and head coach Mike Houston every week. Just did it a little bit ago, as a matter of fact. And um, you know, they're they're that close. And um, again, special teams. It's a great moment on special teams. Obviously, set up the only touchdown recovering that muffed punt at the ten yard line. But you got to make your kicks. And you're at home, so you expect to make those kicks. And I know their guy missed kicks, but just to look at ECU on their own, you know, you make two kicks and uh, you, you have a very good chance to win that game. You don't know the whole thing's going to play out in a different scenario, but you probably win that game right. if you just make a couple kicks on top of it. So, uh, yeah, the offense has to be better. And, you know, this thing with, you know, neither quarterback grabbing the reins and, and running with it, it hurts. And, you know, one of the things I talk about, I talked about it with Coach Houston in our chat today and, uh, with Donnie is, you know, we all know that quarterback position is not just about physical traits. It's um, it's the leader, it's a captain, and the confidence and all that comes with it. And just they've not had either one through seven games just kind of step up and just fully grab that. And uh, why I've got a lot of optimism about Bryce Young and why C.J. Stroud will also be good is those guys are they're good guys and good players, but you know, they have those leadership traits. And it's hard to have that when you're in and out of the lineup and neither one of them is playing well enough to maintain it to actually be the leader. Cause it's different than being the best receiver or the best offensive lineman. Like right. You have to command the offense to be a coach on the field. And that you guys had a great one out there in, until this year. And uh, for a long time in Holt Naylor's uh, a great part of this broadcast, Patrick keeps me off the show a lot of times. And I think this is uh, what's missing <laughs> right now is just having that. <laughs> you at least have to have it where it's somewhat stabilized, right? You're not going to have Holt Naylor right. right now, but there needs to be some steadiness going the next, five weeks uh and if that could just come together in some kind of way you're right the defense you could win i think a lot of games with this defense i think it's a very good defense i mean it's it's a really you'd be a contender with this defense that's how good it is and for the offense if they could just get close to average um that would be enough I mean, to win there, just, was, there were panther if, teams that if, did that panther teams that played well yeah. they had Terry Collins was terrible, but they won with great defenses and went to the <laughs> NFC Championship game. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl, so you can win with a great yeah. defense. <laughs> well, if the offense was just pedestrian, exactly, it, you'd you'd you maybe would have three or four wins right now. But you at least have the, three. You know, 
can fit you through the roster. It's like the offensive line. You had three changes in game on the offensive line last week. So even you know, yeah, it's not just yeah. the one thing. So that would help it. You know, I would say I mentioned CJ Stroud. He's good enough. He can overcome a not great offensive line. So you do have to overcome those things. Um, but again, we saw DK was right in his press conference this week. You run the same play over and over again. And one time the guy misses a block and one time the receiver falls down and one time we missed a throw with it. So it's just like, it's just like this uh, litany of different things. It's like whack-a-mole. It's no one thing. If it, you wish it was one thing because you would just fix that one thing, but it's uh, something else happens every time it seems. All right, uh, Zoke, let's get the kind of the Zokies planned to victory for both the Pirates and Panthers. Score more points. <laughs> Score more points. Score more points. Funny if you how can't that do works. that, score more points. I mean, you just – but right. it's not like even just score more points in their team. Like, they, they literally have to score more points. And it's just uh, – that's the ECU story for sure because, again, the defense is keeping it in check and playing a really talented Roadrunners veteran team with a seventh-year quarterback in, in Frank Harris. And they've got really good guys. they got three good running backs. they got skill position guys. But this defense has done it against SMU. I think in hindsight, they did it against a really good – Marshall team, you know, two plays got away at the end, but I mean, I feel like every week it's like something just kind of happens, whether it's a pick six or whatever, uh, going the other way that kind of puts the game out of reach, uh, the other direction for them. So I just, um, somehow cobble together a couple drives and you don't have to be every time, but you know, let's get in the twenties, you know, you get in the twenties, give yourself a chance to win. Yeah. And then for the Panthers, yeah. uh, I'm a Bryce Young fan. I was like, I, I, I think it's very fair and expectation should be that CJ Stroud and Bryce Young are going to have very bright careers in this league, and it doesn't have to be one or the other. I think both uh, franchises are going to be pleased with their selections long-term. I think Bryce is getting good every week uh, and better every week, and he, he does not have everything he needs right now at his disposal, and that may take into the next offseason. But they, they're going to win some games. There's too much talent and veteran talent and really signs on the coaching staff uh, moving forward that they'll get their wins too. But, um, yeah, I think uh, for ECU, score points, and I think with the Panthers, a little bit patience, and the schedule lightens up a little bit. They've had a really rough stretch and on the road. They got Houston and Indy at home. They go at Chicago next week. Right. So hopefully, uh, real soon here, they start breaking in uh, and get some wins here. Yeah, some gettable ones there. Let's see what happens. All right. Uh, hey, Zoke, great to talk to you as it always is. And uh, we'll catch you uh, uh, maybe a week from Saturday in person. Uh, but uh, obviously, we'll be listening this weekend. Well, you're welcome, and thank you so much for the Pokemon Blake Martinez material. It's written down and filed away if we ever need it. <laughs> it's a nugget. That is a nugget in case he comes out of retirement from Pokemon. <laughs> you know, once you're banned on Marketplace, you know, it's not, that'd be like in the old days, not getting getting kicked out of Walmart is what it would be like. I don't know. I'm <laughs> what just, do you do? <laughs> yeah, what do you do? All right, Jim Zoki there. Uh, we'll be back to wrap the show up next. And now... The stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Thank you today to uh, Jim Zoki for being with us. Thanks to Philip the Ref Pilkington. Great job. And uh, also Dom Kosolke. we're going to lose. We won today, Dom. We won. Uh, tomorrow, PJ Show uh, video special at 10 a.m. Show back at 6 o'clock tomorrow on Friday's Behind the Logan Zone. Uh, Chris Hughes from Carolina Preps will get ready for the final high school football uh, season week. I don't know if I said that right or not, but you know it's the last week of high school games for the playoffs. And then uh, Chris Cherry, AD and uh, football coach at South Central, as they play content. 
That's tomorrow, and uh, we'll join you then for the Patrick Johnson Show. See you back in the morning for Talk of the Town, 103.7-96.3, PJ Show, 6 o'clock, 94.3 The Game, Friday, Friday, Friday. Have a great rest of your evening.